Welcome to another episode of Mass Network Presents Sports for the Culture. I'm here with the family. Price, XXV, Double I, Rome, Simolo, Bro Flying, T-Buggy, man. To the greatest sports show on the planet, La Familia. Hope y'all ready for a ride. Can't wait to hear what you guys got to say. We back. It's your favorite sports show, Gas Presents Sports for the Culture. Touching on all the topics that these other sports shows scared to do. You know we fearless over here, man. Uh, I am your host tonight at Bryce XXV, double I. And as always, I'm joined by the dream team, the best panel in the world. I'm starting with my guy on the bottom right. Introduce yourself, sir. What it do? Uh, loyal listeners, followers out there, y'all know who it is. It's your boy, Young Rome 22 If you're new, hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button. Uh, we got an interesting show to get into tonight for sure, man. So let's not let's not waste time. Oh yeah, interesting to say the least. Hey, I like that shirt too, Ron. Shout out to Dragon Ball Z, yeah, man. Real ones know, real ones know what time it is. All right, let's keep it pushing. I'm going to the bottom left. My man got the guns out today. He feeling kind of slow. <laughs> kind of slow today. Bottom I'm left, fellas. It's your boy Demon good, and I'm getting ready for uh. New calendar soon to come. Brought to you by gas from all the guys. Got to get ready. Hey, yo, we got the gas calendar coming. It's just 12 picks in a row of G. Every month is Gerardo <laughs> with another muscle shirt on. Hey, 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 look out for that. <laughs> My cat's going to be popping. Uh, <laughs> Last but not least, top left. What up, what up, what up? Scruff Lion, man. Y'all know what time it is. Uh, actually, we don't know what time it is. Uh, lost track of time, but we ready to get into it, man. Uh, it's going to be a good show, man. I'm trying to get these uh, get these March Madness dollars, you know what I'm saying? It's been very kind to me. That's good to hear. That's good to hear, because your bracket hasn't been as kind, but we also know that's a whole other story. Yeah, I'm still in first place, though. Uh, you want to talk about that? Because I think you have uh, the lowest available points by almost half the points I got. But it's cool. We're going we're to we're revisit that bracket. We're going to revisit that bracket. Yeah, well, they're available to me right now, which puts me in first place. <laughs> All right. How many, how many, how many uh, more weeks we got at this March Madness? Let's holler at him uh, next show. We're going to holler at my man next show. And, uh, hey, it's March 22nd, and I'm in first place. So what are we talking about? I bet. Keep that same energy. Keep that same energy. Good luck but, in April. Uh, we got we got a real good we got a real good show for y'all tonight, and uh, we starting off with March Madness. And the theme of March Madness for me is keep that same energy. Cause they was talking big, they was talking big shit. Hey, they already asked for it. Don't worry, we got you. We gonna get we gonna get into Leah Thomas. We gonna get into Leah Thomas. We got you. But, uh, they was talking <laughs> they was talking big shit about my bracket in the group chat, and you know now your boy is still in, your boy is still alive. He's got the most points remaining, the most possible points remaining by a landslide compared to Scruff, like over, almost 100 points more than he has remaining. T, T doing all right, but T's in last place, but he's still got a good, a good amount of points remaining. The bracket has definitely been unpredictable, but as always, we've got a Cinderella. We've got a Cinderella balling right now. You love to see it. St. Peter's. St. Peter's out of Jersey, representing for my Jersey boys in the uh, on the panel tonight. So let's get into it. Let's get into the uh, tournament a little bit. Let's, let's start with St. Peter's, man. How, how impressive have you guys been with St. Peter's and their coach, my man Shaheen? Very impressed. Very impressed. So very interesting fact is the last time that a Jersey team was in the Sweet 16 was when he was the point guard at Seton Hall, of all things. So he's a Jersey <laughs> guy. 
He went to a Jersey college. He got a job at St. Peter's, and he's bringing in the program with the right attitude. Now, that's how you be the big dog like Kentucky. Kentucky got some blue bloods, but at the end of the day, them dudes was kind of underachieving. Them dudes was acting like they ain't wanted. And you know one thing? The boys were going after it that they wanted. Then he went against Murray State. That's a favorable matchup because that's still a mid-major. Now they're going up against Purdue. And honestly, yeah, I don't know. This is just between me and uh, G the last couple of days. What we were saying, are you looking for an upset? Just look for the Big Ten school. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I'm looking at Purdue. And as good as the Big Ten is, it seems like when it comes to tournament time, they can be kind of prone to these big upsets. Let's remember in the first round, I was at Iowa against Richmond. Yeah, I cashed out Richmond, which what? <laughs> Richmond, yeah, we got that money. So I'm saying, like, that was a bit on the Big Ten school. So we got St. Peter's going against a Big Ten school. Now, Purdue does have, like, star power in their backcourt with Ivy, and they do have a really bona fide center that looks like kind of like Yao Ming's son. So I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. But I, I hope St. Peter's – I'm putting money on St. Peter's. But the books won't – actually, I can't say that verbally. But uh, I like St. Peter's. I almost got in trouble. You know, because the books don't let you bet on the Jersey squads. You know what I'm saying? So I can't bet on St. Peter's. That's interesting, man, because you, uh, you was loving the Big Ten schools just a week ago, it felt like. Guess they let, guess they let you down on your bracket. Yeah, first four doesn't count. But, yeah, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, I feel you. But now, St. Peter's going crazy, man. And uh, shout out to my guy, because I've been watching the game somewhat closely. My man, KC and Defo. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. But, yo, the boy KC been balling crazy. Only like 6'7", but he goes amongst the trees and gets rebounds like a, like he the biggest man on the court. I mean, his post game is crazy. He got like a, an advanced post game to only be 6'7". Like, he carried... Him and Doug Eater, I think it's Doug Eater, the way he said, the white boy on the squad that's just swapping everything, knockdown shooter. I saw a post on Twitter that was like, when there's one white boy on a team of black dudes, you know he's a baller. It's like, that's a fact. You know he's a baller, you know he's a hell of a shooter. It looks like Doug Eater is both. I think both of those guys between Eater and, and, and Defo have shots to possibly play at the next level. I'm talking NBA, NBA possibilities. And uh, you would think that this team is full of seniors, but it's a lot of juniors on this team. So St. Peter's might not just be in the run for this year. They might be sticking around next year, too. Yeah. We'll see. Nah, definitely. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, they wasn't was the only team. The thing I like about the tournament, though, is that I'm seeing multiple uh, – really only one uh, – Two number one seeds left in the, in, the, in the tournament, and then we seen multiple uh, double digit seeds. Uh, another team that made some noise was the was the Miami Hurricanes making it to the Sweet Sixteen, and I, I think they got a chance to keep it pushing as well. Yeah, we ain't forget about the Hurricanes. Come on, man. Yeah, y'all, y'all remember I said something Hurricanes. about them Hurricanes last week. I said one of my favorite teams. That I I didn't think it was gonna you know look like a Final Four possibility, but I think I mentioned last week on the show that Jim Laranega is my guy. And uh, yeah, now that he's been, yeah. he's able to get big time prospects into his system. That's already proven. It's really lining up for Miami right now. Um, yeah, and we talk about conferences. ACC is a conference that I think the teams do battle a lot well in the tournament. We've seen uh, the U advance. We've seen obviously Duke's advance. North Carolina was another team. They upset Baylor. That's another upset that I caught. 
That's on the bracket too, Bryce. You can check that. I don't know what how many available. <laughs> <laughs> bro, your pettiness continues. I, I was trying to save him, man, but this dude's bracket is terrible, bro. Like, Whatever. I would, <laughs> you have a bet on the line right now for money. I will double up. If you're that copy in your bracket, I will double up the money right now and take more money from you. Do you want to do that? It's not about the totality no, no, no. of the bracket. No, no. It's not about the totality of the bracket. It's about the magnitude of the picks that I get right. That's All what right, I'm talking about. Do you want it? To, you sound confident. Do you want to double up that bread? Yes or no? <laughs> That's a no. That's a no, bro. <laughs> the thing about me, bro. The thing about the thing that, that, that makes me good, bro, is I, I evolve my my opinion in the time. It doesn't stay the same. It's not fixated in two years ago. So whatever I was feeling that morning, that's what I picked on that bracket. Today's a whole other day, bro. I didn't see a lot of basketball. I can't pick the same things no more. But you know, my oh, sports book account is working a little differently. That's a no on the double up, right? Nah, I'm doubling. I'm tripling up on on on, on the sports books. Cool, because I'll say I'll take some more bread from you if it's there for me. But nah, uh, nah. I think that uh, we got some we got some good games still to come. I mean, like Scruff said, you got two first, uh, two number one seeds to the round. Uh, was it Duke and Arizona, or was it Arizona or is it Kansas? Which one of them? Which, which, it's no, Duke Kansas, versus Arizona. Texas Tech. Kansas and Arizona are the last number ones, right? Kansas, uh, Arizona. Nah. Gonzaga? Gonzaga? How are you going to forget about Gonzaga? Yeah, Gonzaga is still the number one. So is Gonzaga and Arizona the two number ones left? And no, Kansas. and, and uh, three. Kansas. Kansas. Oh, it's three, three number ones. All right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so it's, still, it's still sitting pretty. I think I got – I know I got Purdue in my final four, and I got Duke in my final four. I think I got them two battling it out. And on the other side, I think I got those two number ones both getting out of there, Kansas and Arizona. So, uh, both of them teams. Can we say this is uh, Coach K-Lass game? Yo, and that's what I was thinking when I made my bracket. I think I said it would be like a picture. Every Sweet 16 is Coach K's biggest. That's his, that's when you can bet against Coach K. Because Coach K is like what? Like three and one and three every Sweet 16? The odds are always against him. He can't, he's, he's always teeters. I will bet against Duke this week. I got Duke winning it all. Texas so Tech? I'm sticking with Duke. I like, yeah. I like, I like Duke against Texas Tech. But Gonzaga nah, I like Texas the game. Duke Gonzaga is going to be the game. That's going to be the game. That's going to be the battle of the Blue Bloods. I haven't been super impressed with Gonzaga in this tournament. And, like, I thought that guard play was going to hold him back this year. Very big man-oriented team this season. They don't have that same guard play they had. Like, last year, the guard play from Gonzaga was off the charts. Yeah, it carried them. Carried them, bro. You had Kispert. You had Jalen Suggs. And you had my boy Ayayi. All three of them was balling. And this year, you still got some guys. Don't get me wrong. This is not the same though. So we're gonna see it. We're gonna see if Timmy, Timmy is a dog though. Remember, we had a few people saying that Tim, I think it was last year, that Timmy didn't like an NBA guy. I still think Timmy gonna make the NBA and may, you know, possibly be like a you know a, a, a Zeller type or something. But Timmy's under the basket game is pretty legit. And uh if they feed Timmy for a whole game, they got they got a chance, they got a shot. But I don't know. I don't know about them repeating and getting to the finals again. Yeah, I think Duke. Nah. I think Duke, Duke, Duke is going to get to the final. Duke is going to lose. I'm telling you, Duke loses by five points. Whew. To Gonzaga or to Texas Tech? To Texas Tech. Come on, don't say that, bro. I mean, I mean, G looking at the computer around hard and stuff. He crunching numbers and shit. I got to go. <laughs> no, I got to yeah, Duke definitely getting by K Texas Tech. Duke, Duke has been known that Duke is 16 games are close games. Like, he loses them. Like, there's a 50 50 chance he loses. 
I got, I got, I got, I got a thought on this. And somebody asked who we gonna pick. So I say this: I think the winner of the UNC UCLA game on Friday, the four eight matchup, I think that's gonna be the national champion. The winner of UCLA. UNC versus UCLA. I think it's going to be one of those two teams. Oh, hell no, nah, bro. No way one of them two teams win a national championship. I give UCLA a better shot than UNC, but UNC, bro, they took too many L's. They UNC just in... beat Baylor last week. Yeah, but Baylor's comfortably with a seven-point lead. Y'all, y'all stay talking about stuff that happened in February like that matters in March, bro. Like, it all matters. Nah, bro, Baylor is a team that was coming off, like, losing their best two players on their roster. Like... They were still number one seed. They though. lost their top two guys, bro. And like now it's like the guys you relied on that you're used to relying on the year before, the junior and the senior that you were used to relying on, now in those those crunch moments, you don't have those guys anymore. And they didn't know where to go. They just didn't know who to give it to. But uh yeah, I don't know, bro. I would be shocked if you wouldn't see one in that. I would be sh- I would be so shocked, bro. All right, well, I'll see. Like, I mean, I so how y'all gonna be shocked when they beat Duke? They beat Duke less than a month ago, and handsomely. Right. So how y'all gonna say Duke is gonna win? Uh, I just like what Duke's got, bro. Duke uh, to me's got the Duke to me's got the top. Uh, no, wait, you, just, you just told me you just told me not to use anything from February and March. From February, I was, I was about to say that. Yeah, he's like like Scuff just said, man, throw that out the window. That's what I said. Like Scuff said, throw that out the window. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That doesn't fit in your little Coach K narrative, does it, Duke Bull? Okay. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what the NC, what the North Carolina fan told me. That's what they call them, the Dukies. You get it? Bunch of Dukies. They're going to drop a Dukie. Oh, that's a good one. But uh, you know that Coach K narrative, <laughs> that Coach K narrative is definitely something I'm sticking with, bro. Because uh, nah. you know them refs, you know them refs want to see your boy ride into the sunset. That's a fact. Bro. Nah, bro. Nah, ain't nobody trying to see him ride into shit. Come on, bro. You Hell know no. You know they want that. Like, have y'all been y'all been watching the tournament? These refs are see working. It. These refs didn't nah, that's not what I want to see. Maybe there's some people that want to see that. I want to see the tears run from his nose. You know what I mean? I don't want to see none of that. I don't want to see him win that. Bro, as much as I like St. Peter's. No love for Duke on this side. As much as I like St. Peter's, bro, when they played Murray State, they were getting all the calls, bro. Like, almost like the refs were like, nah, we need to Cinderella in there, bro. Like, I'm like, (laughs) Murray State not getting no calls in in the crunch time, bro. It was crazy. But, uh, we'll see, man. I think, I think this, uh, this narrative, this Coach K, Narrative they're, they're drumming up is a little too perfect for them to let it go just yet. Bro, hell no, bro. I can't see I can't see Duke beat Arizona, let alone Gonzaga. And like I just said, it they're not gonna beat Texas Tech. They're gonna lose to Texas Tech by five this weekend. By this, what is it? They play tomorrow, right? Yeah. yeah they're gonna lose tomorrow night. Book it. I'm telling you, Duke is over for them. The Dukies are losing tomorrow. I used to hate Duke too, but now I'm like, ah, whatever. They got you. No, nah. nah, they don't got. I ain't, I'm not no fan, but I just feel like, bro, Coach K, one of the best coach, the best college coach of all time. Let's be honest. You know when Coach K started winning people? I'm gonna be honest. You know when Coach K started winning people over? I think it's when he got you too. Uh, during like when he was coached the Olympic teams. Nah, you know what I mean? bro. I thought. Remember, I was one that yes. was like him and uh, I was questioning him and Popovich after the Olympic teams, but. I think Coach K never really won the over. I just feel like this story is like a picture-perfect story. 
last year of the best coach of all time going out on his high horse? I don't know, bro. I think I think the powers that be might try to make that happen. I don't think this is the high horse winner of uh, this tournament. That's the story. I don't think it's about the high horse. I think it's about the I won't say low horse, but you know, this the little dog in the fight. I think that's what this tournament's about. So it's gonna get interesting. It's gonna be fun to watch the rest of it play out. It's been a hell of a tournament. We've had buzzer beaters, we've had close games, we've had blowouts, we've had big performances by people unexpected, and we've had a Cinderella, which to me, it makes for a perfect tournament when you have all those things. Uh, one of my favorite things from the tournament has kind of been watching, um, like, systems versus players. Like, you know, like some of these big-time schools, they got the prospects, they got the top-notch guys, they got, you know, that going for them. Then some of these small schools, they just got these great systems that every single guy plays within the system. And you really see, like, how basketball was intended versus what basketball has turned into clash and it's like it's a beautiful thing bro only in the tournament it doesn't happen in the pros so it's pretty dope yeah that's the beautiful thing about basketball there's so many different ways you can play the game you know what i'm saying i you know people talk about the hooper versus the basketball player uh kind of example and you know i don't know it it could go either way so march madness is full of that but definitely not uh lacking in moments nah facts facts all right, let's keep it pushing, man. We'll, 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 get, we'll definitely talk more about March Madness next week, and we'll give you guys a good old uh, bracket update. You know, your man Scrub is talking big shit in the group chat, so I can't wait to see how this bracket unfolds. <laughs> I can't wait, man. I can't wait. So let's keep it pushing. Let's move to the NFL one time, man. The, uh, the quarterback carousel moves along, and uh, the most recent uh, – Victim of the quarterback carousel, or at least one of the last quarterbacks remaining on said carousel, is Baker Mayfield. So before we get into Deshaun Watson and everything that's happened with him, I want to ask you guys, what do we think Baker Mayfield is worth on the open market? We've seen what Carson Wentz has got, was what he went for. We saw what Matt Ryan went for. We saw what Deshaun Watson went for. What do y'all think Baker is worth on the open market? Rome, I'm starting with you. I mean, if you're trading for Baker, you got to be talking at least a second rounder, right? I mean, he was first nah. overall pick, if I'm not mistaken. He hasn't he hasn't played terrible. Uh, he's a starting level quarterback. Carson Wentz went for a third and a second. Uh, I believe Baker's right around that realm, and he's younger, uh, so you could probably leverage. You could probably leverage more for a guy like Baker. I think the question is Baker's attitude and like. You know the demeanor, his his leadership. What is he really bringing to your team? Do you really want to give up an asset for that? Especially if the Browns might end up just cutting them now that they got Deshaun. You know, so in the long run, Baker might just hit the the open market altogether and 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 be fishing for a new deal. Which you know, quarterbacks get paid. So I don't. I wouldn't say that he would. He he'd probably get you know forty mil like most most QBs, but. Uh, but yeah, that exactly, man. Like my man in the comments, two bags of regular Cheetos, bro. That's like, hilarious. not even Cheeto that puffs, bro. Not even strange. Cheeto puffs. Not like, even the flaming hots. Damn. Not definitely not the flaming hots, bro. Like, Baker's just bro. not it, and I I don't think a trade gets done personally. Bro, who eats Cheetos puffs? <laughs> nah, well, I don't right. know, man. But Baker, Baker, Baker is is worthy of a of a late first, at least a late first. Like we're not gonna sit here and not talk about the man doesn't win games. He wins games. It, 
he's just he plays for the Browns, you know, a tough division. He has to see the Steelers twice a year, see the Ravens twice a year. Shit, the Bengals just got good. So it's not like he's a bad quarterback. What what is his last couple games? Uh, like his last his first his last his last seasons were what? Like he won 10, 10, and then his first season was like six wins. Yeah, so, so right. it's not like the guy is not a. It's not like he's not your tier A quarterback, but Jesus, someone like the Giants could be looking at him. I'm not gonna say it. the Lions could, could need a quarterback. No, not really. They got Jared Goff. Shit, well, look, Baker, was, Baker was six and eight. Baker was six and eight as a starter last year, but the year before uh-huh. he was eleven and five. So that the guys haven't got quarterback season, though. But but look, look, he got hurt. Remember, he got hurt this year. With the shoulder injury. Good point. His his overall record as a quarterback, as a starter, is 29 and 30. So, I mean, basically right at to be, to be fair to Baker also, man, the organization has been a joke. Browns. He's had he a bunch of different uh, coordinators, coaches, whatever. But, I mean, we've, we've all watched. And Baker, he's a turnover machine. We've all seen the interviews. We've all seen him, you know what I mean, in these commercials. And it's just – do you really want to trade? Do you really want to give up a late first rounder for for all that? I say you do. I say someone like Seattle, you do. Seattle, no, man. Why not? If so, or someone if if Kirk Cousins could get a a contract every year from like multiple teams, get franchise tag. I'm sure Baker could get franchise tag by some kind of team and get paid money. Come on now, I'm not gonna say it. we're not. I just can't. I just can't. Like I know the hate is real with Baker, but it's just like come on. Like the guy's not a bad quarterback. It's just all about can you go Man, to it's a place where they believe it's, him? It's self-inflicted wounds, is what it is. It That's is. How I it is because the boy's cocky. The man is cocky, but it's like how can you blame him? You, you're Heisman winner, and then you, you're the number one pick overall. So like, what kind of the man? He's done, you know? And then, like and then how many movie. years? It's been three or four years, and he ain't done nothing. Heisman winner, number one overall pick, and now you asking for a trade from the team that drafted you. You asking for a trade from the all the commercials I see. You live there. That's your home. What what did you say earlier, Scruff? That man ain't coming home now. That's what happened yeah. to Baker. He ain't even coming home now. <laughs> nah, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I got, I got, a, I got a different Baker here, man. Because like I'm not gonna sit here and say that I wasn't critical of Baker Mayfield during time. You know, because, you know, Baker Mayfield thinks he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But let's not say he didn't do anything because he did a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's remember that the Cleveland Browns franchise hasn't had any winning seasons pretty much and has been horrible, you know what I'm saying, for my entire life pretty much. I'm 30 30 years old. I haven't seen the Cleveland Browns ever been good. So the fact that the Cleveland Browns are actually pretty good you know, it has to give some type of credit to Baker Mayfield. Now, I do agree with you, Ron, that he has been, you know, self-inflicting some wounds. Because the fact is, you talk about the coordinators and the, and the coaching turnover, but that's his fault because that was Johnny Kitchens or Freddie Kitchens or, you know, whoever he picked up to cook in the kitchen with him, him and Baker. They were baking up L's, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know what the heck they was doing with that decision. You got to own that decision because you could have put, put a real professional in and got some good coaching. Now... You got a situation where, you know, you feel like, okay, the franchise went and got somebody that was better than you, which was a business decision. Now here you go acting like, you know, a diva again, you know what I'm saying, which is pretty, you know, pretty much what we've seen in Baker, right? So now he's pretty much in a situation where he's looking like Ben Simmons probably. He's probably not going to show up, right, until he gets traded or something along those lines. Now here's the thing. 
just because Baker in realistic uh, reality is probably in the middle of the pack with the quarterbacks in the NFL, I'd say he's probably between 15 and 20 if I had to rank him, right? But that doesn't mean that all these teams are actually going to, you know, give up on whoever they got because most of these teams that have gotten, you know, lower two quarterbacks, you know, Daniel Jones, you know what I mean, like Tua Tagovailoa, you know what I'm saying, like um, a number of teams with decent quarterbacks that aren't that good. The Saints right now, the Bengals, I mean not the Bengals, uh, the uh, the Steelers. The Steelers right now have Mitchell Trubisky as their yeah. starter. They could, they would probably love to have Baker Mayfield, but is it worth giving up the conversation for him? And you're saying, especially like you said, if Rome, if they sit around with him, they got to cut him. Then you can get him for much less. And honestly, I think this, you know, little period of Baker not getting picked up, I think that's exactly what the doctor ordered for Baker Mayfield. I think he needs to be humbled a little bit. And honestly, I think if he gets cut, that's probably the best situation for him. Either way, I think Baker Mayfield's a guy that likes to have a chip on his shoulder, and I think there's no greater chip than not having the job. So enjoy the struggle, brother. Hey, my last thing on Baker, man. My man was drafted in, what was it, 2018. Uh, he's had four seasons in the league. Three of those seasons have all been losing seasons. Another three of those seasons, he's thrown under 30 touchdowns, multiple and double-digit interceptions. Like, Baker, I just – like, G, you say he's not a bad quarterback. He's not a bad quarterback. He's an above-average quarterback. So, I mean, let's keep it a buck with Baker, bro. Like, he's not Derek Carr. He's, he's not even Derek Carr. So, like, would, are you really giving up a late first round? For Baker, I mean, this is this is the funny thing that we talk about with quarterbacks and perspective and everything. Because reality is, Derek Carr and Baker Mayfield, they're 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 not far off from each other. They're so not. They're not. Ooh, and I that's just, I disagree that's, with that. That's Baker. where Baker needs to try to get is the Derek Carr, but yeah, he's I, not I, there I, right I now. I disagree with that. Like I couldn't disagree with that more. I think Derek Carr is on a whole another level than Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield is one of those guys. I think Baker Mayfield's game is all about confidence, man. And, I, you know, like, I feel like Baker Mayfield's confidence at some point was taken away from him. I feel like some of the circumstances in Cleveland might have contributed to that. I mean, you know, the team went from relying on Baker's arm to relying on the running game. And then they brought in Odell and seemed – I don't want to say that Odell was an issue in that locker room because I don't believe he was – but it did seem like Baker was having trouble deciding on where he should go with the ball based off, you know, kind of superiority amongst his, you know, pass catchers. He didn't, he, he didn't know who to go to when it seemed like. I feel like Baker dating back to his college days was all about swag, bro. He played with a certain swag. He yeah. played with that certain confidence, that certain moxie. And I didn't see that last season. That year he had the twin went for 27 tuds and like 14 picks. You saw that. He was hovering around like 4,000 yards, a little under 4,000 yards. But he was playing with that, with that, you know, and, and, and it parlayed into the next year of him balling out. I mean, and leading that team to their best record in years. And over almost 20 years, the best record that Cleveland Browns have had. So we'll see, man. Wherever Baker Mayfield goes, it's got to be a team that truly believes in him. If they end up letting them flame out with the Browns, you know, keeping them behind Deshaun Watson – not trading him away, being salty, not, you know, wanting to try to get the best deal possible and just holding on to him forever. It's going to be the worst thing for Baker because Baker is a guy that you can tell, man, he thrives off confidence, man. He thrives. Baker, when he's at his best, is playing with that juice that you just don't, you can't really bottle up what Baker does when he's at his best, you know, because Baker at his best isn't really all about talent. It's really all, it's more about like that confidence and that swag and just like 
laying it all on the field at all moments. Uh, so we'll we'll see. Hopefully he gets back there. But the guy that he was uh being that he's now being replaced with seems to be like a you know possibly a few a future legend in this game, maybe a future Hall of Famer one day. His career was derailed for one season uh due to due to you know some pretty uh troubling allegations. But now it seems that you know he he, he got the contract he's looking for. He got free from Houston, and that's none other than Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson to the Browns. Gee, I'm starting with you, man. What what are your initial thoughts uh, with Deshaun Watson headed to the Browns, man? I know you I know you got a lot to say on this one, bro. Congratulations, my man. You got finally got an offensive line. <laughs> you got a fucking offensive line and an actual running game. The man doesn't really need no crazy-ass receivers. My man's going to ball out, and he has a defense. Oh, my God. He has a defense. Imagine playing for Houston, Texas, and then and then you, you're up, you're up, well, what? You're up, like, 24 points, and here comes Patrick Mahomes because your defense can't fucking stop a puddle of rain. And like, just let fucking Patrick Mahomes just destroy, destroy your whole, destroy your whole, your whole lead. I can't even blame Deshaun Watson for that comeback. I like you gotta blame that that terrible defense. Now you're talking about who he has to worry about besides Lamar Jackson. If he was here, he, he probably said he don't even have to worry about Lamar Jackson. Who I feel bad for right now because of this trip is Lamar Jackson. You got a quarterback that the fact that he knows how to throw and the fact that he's a black quarterback at that that could throw the ball. Oh man, Lamar Jackson's gonna have a lot of pressure in his hands when the season starts. I mean, it sucks that he might get suspended. I hope he don't get suspended because he didn't play a year. If my man's innocent, you feel me? I feel like my man's innocent. If he didn't go to court, my man's innocent. You're innocent to prove guilty, right? And the court system said they're not taking it because I guess they consider the allegations false. I don't think that I don't think that's what the case is. I think I think that uh, there wasn't enough evidence to press criminal charges. I don't think that, any, that anyone said the allegations are false. I haven't heard that, but there is no. Oh, okay, I retract that statement. But I'm saying you're innocent to proven guilty, right? This is America, right? right. Technically, it's, it's stated that you're innocent to proven guilty. Most cases, you're guilty into proven innocence, which is some bullshit. In his case, but my my, my man innocent. My man do that. What they say, the glove don't fit, you must have quit. So that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. My man do that shit. I don't believe none of that shit. My man's, my man, my man's probably gonna get suspended for like for like half for like half the season, but he'll be alright. He'll be alright. The bronze has gotta hold it together. Hey G G don't believe none of that, and apparently neither does the Cleveland Brass. because uh, they went ahead and made the move, man. They made the move. Um Look, yeah. more power to them. Look, the way I see it, Deshaun Watson has 22 cases hanging over his head. Uh, that's not going away anytime soon. There's still civil cases, uh, what have you. And uh, a lot of people are torn. You know, a lot of people feel like, gee, a lot of people feel like Deshaun shouldn't be on a football field again. Um, but as it stands now, he will be on a football field in a Cleveland Brown uniform, um, which I think is good for the Browns. I don't know how good it is for Deshaun going to this particular organization. I was hopeful that he would be able to link up with a, uh, you know, an organization that had a, a more of a winning smell to it and less of a, you know, a Cleveland Brown smell. Um, I don't know how this will go for career. I don't know that the I Browns, mean, like, like, we, like we were just saying about Baker, the Browns haven't been good for 30 some years. They haven't been good for my entire life. Can Deshaun Watson turn them around? Uh, that's a tall task. 
that's a tall task to ask someone with all all that he's already gone through and missing a whole year of football uh, to to ask him to take the reins of the Cleveland Browns and fix that franchise. Uh, that is a lot to do. I don't even know if Deshaun can do it, and I'm a big believer in Deshaun Watson. Uh, so, you know, hopefully he does get to play uh, this season. Uh, you know, I, I do think there will be a suspension, maybe half a year, but I don't think it will be the whole year. Um, so I do think we will see Deshaun at some point in 2022, and I am excited about that. What was the uh, Obama campaign? It was Yes, We Can. Yeah, that's the, that's the, that's the Deshaun Watson campaign. Yes, We Can. You know what I'm saying? That's probably what he was doing in those rooms. Campaign manager might want to talk to him about that one. Ugh. Yes, we can. That's what they <laughs> said. That's what I'm here for. I'm here for the number two special. Nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, Deshaun Watson, man. I've I, I, defended this man like before, and it really isn't anything to do with anything that he did. Because the facts are, I knew how this was going to turn out. I know how this turned out for many of these situations in the past. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to bring no names up. Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You know, but you know how these things go. When you play football at a high level, somebody's going to be able to overlook some things. And Rome, I don't think that Cleveland Brass think that this man's innocent. I don't think they're that stupid. You know what I'm saying? I think they know that he, I don't even know, know they did it. I don't think they care. You know what I'm saying? Because the truth is, can he do it? Can he turn around this Cleveland Browns franchise? Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And like, I'm, you know me, I'm all about economics. You know what I'm saying? I know that these certain towns don't exactly have the economics to, you know, be great franchises like the Detroit Lions, for example. You know what I'm saying? But the Cleveland Browns are are, are a starving franchise with actually a really loyal fan base. You know what I'm saying? And Deshaun Watson is really good. Like, really, really good. Like, in reality, he was going toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes not that long ago. And, like, you know... It was looking like he was just as good as him. So it's like, let's not let's not get crazy. Well, let's not forget what was going on. Like, so give give that man some credit. When he comes back, he'll be playing at a high level. He is a top five quarterback. It's not a question. In my opinion, he's right up there with one or two or three. Uh, any of the best quarterbacks in the league. You're bugging. You're bugging. No, you're yeah. bugging. You forgot. He'll remind you though. He he's not better than Tom Brady. He's not better than Patrick Mahomes. He's not he. And he's not better than Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady's like 40-something, okay? Patrick Mahomes, he's just as good as. And who else? Aaron Rodgers hasn't been in the playoffs. He hasn't done anything in the playoffs for my recent memory. I'm taking Watson over Brady right now for sure. Nah, nah, nah. I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm taking Watson. Brady over Watson, Rodgers over Brady Watson. Over Watson. If, 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 over I, Watson. if you're asking me to start a franchise, bro, you start one with Tom Brady right now. I'm ta- I'm starting with Watson. No, bro, bro if you starting the franchise, that's a different thing. Because now you got to think about the ten year outlook, Brady. I'm talking about who's the better quarterback, bro. Brady, yes, you do. You start. You start. Even if we're talking about one game right now, 2022, I'm, I'm taking Watson. Nobody, I'm taking for one game over Tom Brady. First of all, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, right now, you don't get to have 08 Brady. Like, I mean, like uh, in this bro, moment, Brady. Right now, you want to know Brady came back in the playoffs like it was nothing, bro. Like, bro, Tom is Tom is unreal. And don't forget, we I love Deshaun Watson, but. The Texans had a real nice lead in that in his last uh what was that the AF, the game before the AFC Championship they had a real nice lead and Deshaun Watson was unable to hold on to that lead I think the Chiefs came roaring back oh, on him and got and got yeah so I mean oh, let's, so Deshaun Watson plays defense now so he's the one so, that's I'm not saying that whoa 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 if we're 
If we're going to do that with Deshaun, though, if we're going to do that with Deshaun, we got to keep the context. The Texans did not surround that man with nothing, bro. Right. And, I, and that, that was kind of what I was saying earlier. He's going from one bad franchise to another bad franchise. Whoa. Let's and not I say don't... the Browns didn't surround Baker Mayfield with talent, bro. They loaded up that team with talent. Let's not they did. They did. Will, they, had two will they do the same for Deshaun? Teams had. They had two, two great receivers, two great running backs, pretty solid O-line. One of the best defensive linemen I've seen in my life. Uh, two stud corners. Pretty good defense, bro. I'm just saying. They they did all that for, for Baker. Now they got to do it again they, for Deshaun, they, man. They, they didn't know that for themselves, bro. They didn't do it for Baker. Yo, here's the, here's the thing I think Scrub did make a good point with is the economics, right? The Browns made this trade because they're not in – they're in business, bro. They're not they're – in, they're, they're in the business of football. And the business of football would get you paid is winning. And you bring it doesn't matter what a guy has, the the, the benefit is gonna outweigh the negativity. Like, you know what I mean? It's gonna eventually now initially they're gonna get some pushback. I've even seen Browns fans that have said they're moving, they're moving to Cincinnati Bengals fans that dumped the Browns officially. I've seen that. It's a lot, it's a lot of stuff going on on the on the message boards right now with Browns fans basically quitting on the teams and they can't stand behind a team that's made this many foolish moves. But at the end of the day. Once they start winning, if they start winning, because you never know, uh, but once they start winning, man, the Browns are going to be, you know, they're looking at teams like the Bengals, like, damn, look how they just made a run. They felt like they had to do something drastic. Now, let's not forget, they guaranteed every single penny to Deshaun Watson, bro. That's that's the real thing that had, like, my that raised my ears on this. I'm like, hold up. A 240 or whatever it is, all guaranteed millions, bro? That's probably that's why. A game uh, that's a real that's game thing that I mean, because Aaron Rodgers was coming off the most uh, rich contract of all time when it came to guaranteed money. He only got eighty mil guaranteed, bro. Two hundred forty million guaranteed. That's 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 changing the landscape of how players are going to get paid now. So I do like, I do respect Deshaun Watson for that because I mean, we know Deshaun Watson's first choice was not going to be Cleveland, bro. Let's just be honest. He wanted to go to Atlanta. He was cool with Carolina. But, uh, you know, he, the reason he chose Cleveland is because they did something that nobody else was willing to do. And that's offer 240 M's of guaranteed cash to a guy coming off, you know, 22, you know, alleged, uh, you know allegations. And uh, that right there, is just, it was going to be impossible for anybody to match that. So, I mean, Cleveland, they went all in. This was poker. Cleveland just went all in on Deshaun Watson. And we'll see how it ends up for him. So is that guaranteed? Like no matter, no matter what. Like what if you catch a chip and like you know, like, like Bro, the, case. the way the guaranteed money works, when that money says guaranteed, it don't matter if you get hurt, no matter if you get suspended, yeah. it don't matter what. They guaranteed that man's contract, bro. Wow. Man See, that is the he got the Kirk Cousins deal. No, but that's not that's an even better deal than anything that anyone has ever been offered because this man literally went from like possibly losing his freedom to like getting financial freedom. Like, no matter what he does, like, he's free of, like, he can't possibly lose this deal. Like, he has 260 yeah, guaranteed. Talk about, he could go and body someone tomorrow and he'd still get that money. Talk about March Madness. It's been a crazy month for Deshaun. Yo, what a twist of fortune for Deshaun Watson. Yo, good for you, uh, Deshaun Watson. You must pray a lot. All right, well, let's keep it pushing, man. That was an interesting conversation. Before we get into our last topic of the day, man, let's run through these uh, these quarterback prospects. In this upcoming NFL draft, uh, and, and let's, I just want to hear what you guys think about them. I'm on the record saying that I felt like this quarterback class was getting slept on. 
because there wasn't that consensus number one uh number one pick like there has been i'd say over the last you know three four seasons there's been that guy that's at the top that everyone knows is going number one but i feel like there are five guys that when it's all said and done all have a decent shot at being good quarterbacks or you know decent to good quarterbacks in the nfl uh so obviously malik willis's pro day was today and all the scouts was going crazy. The, the whole the whole internet was going crazy over some of the things Malik Willis did. You didn't see the 65-yard bomb that he threw on the dot. I mean, he dropped that thing in the bread basket from 65 yards away. That just gives you a little taste of his uh his arm talent. He's been my he's been my QB one now for some time. It seems like all the, the rest of the pundits are coming around on him now. He was, you know, projected to go late first, early second. Just a couple months ago, but it seemed like those 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 attitudes are changing. Uh, Mike Tomlin's meeting with him, having personal private dinners with him, and stuff like that. So it's getting real for Malik Willis. Uh, Rome, man, you pretty you're pretty tapped in with with, with the NFL and with the college prospect. What do you think about Malik Willis, and where do you rank the guys behind him or in front of him? Uh, man, I'm glad you started off with Malik, man. I, uh, I was one of those people on the internet going crazy. Uh, dude has a cannon of arm. We knew that going into a pro day, it should be off. It should be boosting your strengths. You should be showing off the things that you can do well to try to impress people. And, uh, that's exactly what that man did today. So shout out to him. His stock definitely went up. He's got a big arm. And then the, the next best guy, Kenny Pickett, I heard he has small hands. Uh, they remeasured them apparently at his pro day, and they magically grew. I don't know what he did. I need to find out what that was. I heard I had small hands too. Maybe, maybe he's got the secret. Uh, but I like Kenny's game. I don't think I like it more than Malik's though, man. If I'm ranking him, if it's me, if I'm a GM, I'm putting my money on Malik coming out the draft first, man. Like I think he is a more dynamic threat. I think he's got that big arm, and he's he's he's. Got the running ability to really threaten teams, man, because like with Deshaun Watson, like how we were just saying, when you can run and throw it deep like that, the defense has, you know, too much field to cover, puts the entire defense in a bind. Uh, those are the kind of quarterbacks you don't want to pass up on. Um, who's got the number two pick? The Lions, I believe. Unless someone trades up, I don't see how they keep Jared Goff over uh, potentially grabbing a franchise changer like Malik Willis. Good point. Good point. I think Malik's uh, ceiling is through the roof. I mean, his ceiling is crazy. He's got the running ability. He's got the pass. He's got the strongest arm out there. Um, if I'm being honest, I think Malik is going to have to get to a, a coach that not only be truly believes in him, but truly has a plan for him. I do think there are some aspects of his game that are raw. And I think he's got to continue to build on, um, you know, some of the some of the details of playing quarterback at the next level, but all the intangibles are there. Um, like you, I love Malik's game. I think because the ceiling is so high, he's my number one prospect. But I, I must admit, the tape, when it comes to the tape, I like Kenny Pickett a little bit more. Kenny Pickett, to me, looked a lot like Joe Burrow um, in his last year at LSU, and he had a similar leap from uh, junior year to senior year. And that's something that always, like, that always catches my eye because to me that shows me a guy that figured it out. And uh, Kenny Pickett, I'm very, very high on. Like if Malik Willis is my quarterback 1A, Kenny Pickett is my 1B. And the only thing I think preventing Kenny Pickett from really being that 1A is the arm strength. I compare him to Joe Burrow a little bit, 
but he does not have Joe Burrow's arm strength. I think that's the main difference between the two. But Kenny Pickett has the ability to get up out the pocket. He can run a little bit. He can fit. He can fit. Uh, he can fit balls in the tight windows, and he can just do things that some of these quarterbacks really are unable to do. So it'll be interesting to see what the scouts think when it comes to the first quarterback off the board. So I think that's going to be a real toss-up to a lot of uh, to a lot of front offices. You know, do you want to go with the straight? potential play or do you want to go with the guy who might be a little more ready to step in day one and give you somewhat of a semblance of NFL offense so that'll be interesting uh scruff what you thinking about the about the quarterbacks here all right so before I rank the guys I'm going to say a little something about my evaluation of the class as a whole so I'm gonna be honest like I think people are saying the quarterback class is a little weak and I think that's a fair evaluation because you don't have a clear-cut one in this in this in this situation I actually think even though Malik Willis is starting to separate himself potentially and he might end up going first, um, I, I still think that there's like really this quarterback prospect really goes about four or five deep, you know, in terms of like quality-ish, and then there's a huge drop-off after that. So let me just say that. Um, but um, I'm going to go backwards. Uh, I'm going to go three, and I'm going to go down to one. So my number three guy I have is Kenny Pickett, and uh, I see him going number one on some boards. So, you know, I, I like Kenny Pickett. I think he has a lot of the, you know, he checks a lot of the boxes. He's made some really big plays in Pittsburgh. Uh, just something about him. I don't know why, but I just it's just, it's just an eye test thing. I just feel like he's going to be good, but he's not going to be great. Um, and that's just my personal uh, feeling on, on Kenny Pickett. But, I mean, I see him being really good. Uh, uh, like a late, a late first rounder for, for a team like Pittsburgh, you know what I'm saying, if, if he's on the board. I think he makes a lot of sense for a team in that in that position. Um, you know, um, number number two. Actually, I have Malik Willis as my number two uh, quarterback. Uh, I like Malik Willis a lot. Uh, I knew that people were going to become uh, enamored with him in this particular stage in the process, process because of his intangibles in terms of his size, his strength, his arm strength, and you know he is an extremely uh, gifted runner. You know, he's not exactly. When I say gifted runner, he's not exactly that fast if you're really watching the, the tape. But he does know how to move the ball. He knows how to make people miss. Uh, he had a stat. Uh, he actually, like, most missed. Um, he made the defense miss more than anybody, and that's including running backs last season, uh, pro football uh, focus stats. So that's pretty solid stat for a quarterback. And this next level, you know I like the dual threat quarterbacks. Uh, I think he'll be pretty good. Um, and I think he's going to be, you know, we talk about the quarterback prospect. I don't see any of these guys really being a number one guy, number three overall. So, I, if, you know, teams in the top five pass on a guy like that, I totally understand. But I think, you know, he might draw some interest from a team like the Atlanta Falcons at seven. So I could see him going first over, uh, overall, I mean, in terms of being the first quarterback on the board. But my number one guy is Matt Corral. Um, you know, I like Matt Corral because when I'm looking at the tape, and I'm just touching my – really trusting my eyes here. You know, Matt Corral doesn't have the size that, you know, that, that Willis has. He's not doesn't have the measurables. He's only 6'2", about 215. But if you look at the tape and you look at the throws, Matt Corral makes the craziest impressive throws, the most impressive throws out of anybody I've seen in this class. You know what I'm saying? When you see Kenny Pickett, you see him make some incredible, you know, big plays, but Corral threads the needle. We've seen him, like, literally thread the needle, go across, like, two deep defenders, and just kind of, like, zang it down in the perfect spot. You know what I'm saying? And I trust my eye. The velocity on the ball is crazy coming off the ball with Matt Corral. This boy flings it 
across the field. Great uh, mechanics. He's also got an extremely, uh, he's probably got the best arm in, in the class in terms of pure arm strength. I think he's just up there with anybody. You can, you can say he's got the best arm in this. And actually, physically speaking, I think he's actually much faster than Malik Willis. If they were going to head to head with a race, I think he would win the race. So I think I think my guy is Matt Corral. I think he's got what it takes to be a great passer in this league. And, you know, Malik Willis is going to be pretty good too. But I like Matt Corral. I test. I think he's my number one guy. I hear that. I hear that. I think, I think Matt Corral is a baller. And one thing about Matt Corral is the tape kind of reminds me of like almost like a Baker Mayfield a little bit in college coming out of Oklahoma. Like Matt Corral is a gamer. He's going to put it all out on the line. He's going to die for the pylon. He's gonna go head up with a linebacker, you know, in the middle of the field. He's gonna go. He's gonna do those little things that's gonna endear him to his teammates. The thing that worries me about Matt Corral the most is the system he's coming from. Uh, when I watched Matt Corral on tape, I saw a guy that's either throwing to his first read or he's taking off. I didn't see a guy going through a lot of progressions. I didn't see a guy in the pocket buying time to make a throw deeper down the field. It was like Matt Corral is about to throw that ball on his first read. Or Matt Corral's about to get up out of there and try to find some yardage, which I think in the at the NFL level, it, it hasn't really lent itself um, too well. And I think it's just going to take Matt Corral some time to be able to translate that game from the college level to the NFL level. Not to say that he can't do it, um, but, you know, and then another thing about Matt Corral is he had some injury concerns in the, at the college level because he's taking so many big hits. He's putting himself in harm's way so often. A part of that is what endears him to his teammates, you know, the, the guy not afraid of nothing. But another part of that is, like, you can't do that at the next level. That's something he's going to have to learn. But I think Matt Corral has potential. He's had some – he has intangibles to be a good quarterback. But I don't know if – I think he's an even even rawer of a prospect than Malik Willis in my eyes. Like, I Absolutely. think Matt Corral is the rawest prospect of them all. And I Absolutely. think if you get a Matt Corral, it could really take some time to see the fruits of those labors. Uh, one guy that I feel like people aren't talking enough about is my guy Desmond Ritter. So I got I got um. So you Malik think Desmond Willis. Ritter's more NFL ready than Matt Corral? Well, Malik Willis is my number one quarterback, and then number two I got uh, Kenny Pickett, and then number three I got Desmond Ritter. Uh, wow. Desmond Ritter is the most over the last two I think three seasons he's the most winningest quarterback in college football. Uh, I mean, Desmond Ritter took a team like Cincinnati. From uh, you know a team that's not too talked about too often. Every maybe ten years they talk about when it comes to football, but he really had them in the national spotlight, uh, mainly because of carry, carrying that team, for lack of a better word. Uh, and you know he he struggled a little bit against Alabama. I think a great showing against Alabama really would have separated Desmond Ritter. Like it would have separated him. Like he would have been. We're probably talking about a guaranteed first round pick. When you go back and you really look at that tape against Alabama. Ritter didn't play as bad as you may think. And uh, one thing that shows that sh showed out to me was that his old line was not up to the task of of, the, of uh, blocking those Alabama boys, which is nothing, no disrespect to that old line. I mean, you're going against crazy prospects over at Alabama. But Devin Ritter showed me so much last season. I saw a guy with the arm strength that's necessary. I saw a guy that's tall enough to see over the old line, which is major. And I saw a guy that could pick up the yardage with his feet. And not only is he talking up look over the old line, but this is a guy that goes through progressions consistently. Like going through progressions at the college level means a lot to me. You know, what I mean, that's the one thing that worries me about Malik Willis just a little bit. Although I, he showed me the potential to be able to do it, but like Desmond Ritter, 
that boy goes through progressions, bro. Like, and sometimes he ends up dishing it to the running back after going through every progression. And when I see that consist on a consistent basis, I'm like, all right, this is a guy whose game may be able to translate quick. And I think when he ran that, like, he ran like a four four or something at the combine, real low forty time. I was like, okay, that kind of cements what I saw on tape because that's really a hell of an athlete too. And when you talk about a guy that's almost six five, you know, that can run that fast. You're starting to look at a mold of like a, you know, Ryan Tannehill mixed between maybe like a Josh Allen somewhere in between there. And that's going to be hard for an NFL team to turn down. I'm almost convinced that Desmond Ritter ends up being a first-round pick that one of these teams falls in love with those measurables and that ability that uh, that he's possessed. The only thing I feel like about Desmond Ritter, and like you talked about the Alabama game, and I think that exposed a little bit of the chink in his armor. Another thing is like, his his I think his mechanics might need to be get adjusted a little bit. Get a lot of balls batted down at the line of scrimmage against them boys in Alabama. You know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously, you know what I'm saying. He's got the talent. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I almost ranked him over Kenny Pickett though. You know, honestly. Uh, but Matt Corral is is the best passer in the draft. Uh, and while I'll add to that, um, he might be a raw prospect, but Desmond Ritter is a lot more raw. Period. And Matt Corral. I think he's going to take a little time, but when it's all said and done, I think he's going to be the best quarterback in this class. Uh, I definitely don't think that Desmond Ritter is more raw than Corral. I think Corral is like is, – I don't know, though. I mean, I, I, I could be wrong. I, I do like uh, I do like Matt Corral. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I think all these quarterbacks are really underrated, and I think even one more that's pretty underrated is Carson Strong. I mean, Carson Strong is another guy. He's, a, he's strictly a pocket passer, though. And, you know, the days of pocket passers really being the ghost – the go-to prospects now, the guys that can't move at all, the old days are kind of over. But uh, the, it wouldn't surprise me if Carson Strong ends up being something legit in this league. Like, this dude got a, a great arm, great pocket presence. Uh, he might not be fast, but he knows how to find the lanes. He knows how to move in the pocket uh, to buy himself just enough time to find the guy down the field. So it's another guy that I think people are sleeping on is Carson Strong. It wouldn't shock me to see him going – it wouldn't shock me to see this top five quarterbacks go within the first two rounds, all five of them. And I think that would surprise a lot of people, but it wouldn't shock me at all. So we're going to see, man. We're going to see. What, well, G, what you think about these quarterbacks? Who you got at, at the top? I don't know. These dudes all sound washed. I think it's all hype. <laughs> it's because somebody needs a quarterback. I mean, I'm not impressed. None of these guys wild me during the season. We're talking about them now because it's draft time, but good luck to these guys. I hope they get picked. First round money, and then they, I mean, I, I, I really don't. None of these guys around me. If you look at the tape, man, these guys did anything that big. I mean, you know, you you can have a great pro day when no one's trying to kill you, trying to rip your head off. But right, let's see. It is easy to, to be a good player in shorts and a t-shirt. It's never that hard. Exactly. To That's a fact. You know what I mean? All right, let, let's keep it pushing, man. To the last topic of the night. I think it's the most, uh, one of the most, I don't know, it seems to be a controversial topic online right now. Everybody's talking about it from public figures to politicians to everybody's favorite Lil Boosie, right? <laughs> Probably not everybody's favorite. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot of talk going around right now about Leah Thomas. Leah Thomas, man, the pen swimmer who uh, recently just won an NCAA national championship. Um, while competing in the women's uh, women's competition as a transgender woman. 
Uh, and you know, you got a lot of a lot of people comparing this to a lot of different things. Uh, you, you even had some publications say this is should be lauded like Jackie Robinson. You know, you've had other people saying, you know, get out the pool, man. Uh, in the words of Lil Boosie. So there's <laughs> there's there's two total ends of the spectrum on this on this topic. And uh, I just want to see what you guys think about this a little bit um, before I give before I give my uh, my thoughts on that. So Scruff, I'm gonna start with you. Man, I'll start with saying it's a slippery slope, man. It's a, it's a very much a slippery slope because you know when I watch the when I watch Leah get out of the uh, pool and I get her do the interview, you know what I mean? Like you know, first glance, she resembles you know some she has some 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 masculine uh traits you know to some degree um and you know there are some you know some, you know like for girl to one second place is actually you know she's she's mad she she she, she feels like she got a beef so you know she's challenging for a rule change so i think it's very controversial so to me you know i i don't feel one way or another to say that like she needs to get out of the pool you know, I, I I feel like you need to respect everybody's, you know, gender identity. And like, I think sport is about competing, you know? So like, I just has to be, it has to be fair for everybody. So like, I think due diligence has to be there. You know, I don't know what the sciences are behind everything, but like, I'll say that like, there has to be some type of measuring between it. And, you know, from my understanding there is, you know, uh, with all that stuff, but, I'm not upset about it, you know what I mean? But I do think that there's reason to be speculative and, and, and watching this very closely because we are walking the line. When we're talking about sport, we're talking about competitive advantage. That's very much a part of sport. Um, and, you know, that is the key. So I think it, it's, it's, it's getting controversy because it deservedly so. Now, the whole comparing it to, like, Jackie Robinson thing, you know, that's borderline blasphemous. It's his borderline blasphemous. I don't know why people always want to compare uh, the struggles of one group to a group that was, you know, literally slaves. But it's a it's a it's a crazy uh, comparison. But Leah Thomas, I mean, I applaud her for 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 you know being herself, uh, choosing what she felt like is right for her, and competing in the sport that she loves. So I'm not gonna take any joy away from Leah Thomas and what she's accomplished. Um, but, you know, the speculation, I think, is, is deserved because this is very much uncharted territory. Uh, and I think, you know, people are going to feel one way or the other. And we're all really still figuring this out. Yeah, nah, facts, facts, facts. And then I think that uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a real two-sided, I think, when people are thinking about the way they feel about this, right? I think that you've got – and I don't think anybody – I try to stay away from who's right and who's wrong, right? Because that doesn't really get you anywhere. Where gets you places is understanding different perspectives and being able to put them on the table to come to your own, right? And uh, I think that on one hand, you've got you've got a lot of people who are concerned with, you know, the fairness of the sport. Right? You got a lot of people who are solely concerned with fairness: is it fair or is it not fair? And on the other hand, you got a, a, a group of people who are concerned with representation and and concern with is everyone being represented to their fullest um desires you know are they being represented the way they want to be represented in different situations I don't, and i don't think either side is necessarily wrong i think um it, it's more or less like 
we just got to figure out um, how we can do both at the same time. And if that's what the, if the NCAA is taking those necessary steps to do both at the same time, there shouldn't be anything wrong with it, right? There shouldn't be anyone that sees anything wrong with it. But at the same time, what are the qualifications and how can we make, if, if the NCAA has taken those steps, how can we make people more clear about those steps that were taken to ensure fairness, right? I think like um, I was reading something the other day and it was talking about the differences between animals and humans. Not to compare, I'm not comparing anybody, but just give me a sec. But like dogs, dogs, you know, they operate nose first, you know what I mean? Ears second, eyes last, right? So if a dog comes up to something, the first thing it's going to do is smell. Then it's going to rely on its sense of hearing. Then very last, it's going to rely on its sense of sight, right? It relies on that sight sense very last. But as humans, we tend to rely on that sight sense first. That's usually the first sense that we use to try to figure out what things are, right? So the optics, when you see when someone who's using their sense of sight first, when they see Leah Thomas, they're immediately going to think, you know, physical appearance. That's, that's where their mind's immediately going to go. And that's going to initially inform their entire judgment, right? But because we're not using any of those other senses, that's all we can think of. And I think that's a, that is a larger issue uh, within, within, uh, within people. Now, if, when you start to look at some of the times and some of the things like that, when you start to look at the fact that the time that Leah Thomas won with was only fractions of a second off of the winning time from last year in these same championships, then it leads you to wonder how much of an advantage does she have. But then on the same, on the other end of the spectrum, you hear that uh, she she has only been she's been doing these treatments since I think 2018 or 2019, which is would be what about three years of doing these uh, hormone treatments. So then it makes you wonder: Is three years enough to fully make you um, on a level playing field with a with a woman? If you if you were a man for all this time, if you were operating as a man for all this time, and at the same time, it's like. Does 18 years is operating as a man give you a certain level of you know muscular uh muscular uh, muscles and just in general like what does that change about your body composition does that change your, your composition to the point where you got an advantage you got an inherent advantage when the competition starts uh i for one think there's a lot of reasons why we have women and men's sports to the contrary beliefs of some men a lot of those reasons were because that it, it was a time where women were outperforming men in certain competitions, namely like shooting competitions and things like that, where men were like, hold on, we got to make a whole women's category because they felt threatened. But at the same time, there's other reasons that's done too. And the physical component of this cannot be overlooked when we're just, when we're having this discussion. It just can't be overlooked. And I think um, anyone that overlooks that is selling – uh, people short, and you know it. It, it, it could hurt uh, competition overall. Rome, I see. I see you shaking your head. At some of the comments, man. What you think? Like you're muted. Shout out to my man in the comments, bro. Like that was right where I was about to get at. Like, so my whole question is: is this like, um, you know, it's fine that there's a transgender person competing. I have zero issue with that. I think there needs to be more of that. I'm all about equality. But my question is: why not have her compete with the male competitors if you know she comes up? to dominate against the females. Like, I I'm, I I do think it has a lot to do with ego. I think they, you know, put her with the females and, you know, had her win in that way and deal with the females complaining as opposed to having your best male athlete or one of your best male athletes potentially lose to, to you know, a transgender athlete. They might not, you know, have the best reaction to that. But um, 
I agree with my man in the comments about the NCAA. I think I think Leah probably should have still had to compete with the um the males this go around. Um, I know you know like like you were just saying, Bryce. Uh, has there been enough treatment? Um, I think they they do hormone levels, hormone testing. She passed whatever test that she needed to pass, so she got to compete with the females. So that's fair based off what the rules are. But like you said, we're this is all happening in real time. Uh, Scruff, I think you were the one that said we're we're figuring it out as it happens. So I mean. Maybe there needs to be an adjustment to the testing, the rules. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I could see how the other girls could have a gripe, uh, but I could also see how Leah's side could have a gripe. So, you know, kind of like what Scruff said is where I kind of lean. Um, you know, we're 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 learning on the fly with this. I wouldn't compare it to Jackie Robinson, but I would say we are in uh, the middle of the integration of transgender transgenders into, uh, you know. My uh, mainstream sports. Nah, so why not let's just give them their own category? That way, no one's getting affected by nothing. All transgender versus all transgender, like all male versus all male, like all female versus all female. That this way, no one, fair. no one's stepping in each other's toes at this enough? point. Is the biggest, the biggest problem with that, though, the biggest problem with that, to be honest, is like, you know, it's like goes to the issue of like, you know, people that have a huge issue with. Transgender using the bathrooms and wanting them to have their own bathrooms, right? It's like if they truly identify as one side or the other, or you know, one gender versus another, they don't want to have to be in their own category. They want to be able to be treated as equal. And I think, Rome, you bring up a good point. It's like you know, this is all happening in real time, right? And we're at the beginning of this. But I don't think this really comes full circle until it happens in reverse, right? For example, right now we have a transgender woman competing with um the women but until we have a transgender man competing amongst the men and proving that it goes both ways i feel like then we'll start to find a middle we may be able to start to find a middle ground in this and if that can never happen if that never does happen in a in a sport that has a lot to do with um physicality of some sort or or, or you know then maybe it is unfair maybe maybe not but but maybe right like we never get to a point where we have a a transgender man that's good enough to let's say play, I don't know, name that sport. You know what I mean? NFL. Like, I NFL. mean, think about it. Think maybe about it. NFL, How? But like even track, right? Like. No, nah, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe the NFL. Maybe I'm shooting a little bit too big, but you know, I think that would be that would be monumental. That'd be monumental. The first monumental. transgender and NFL player. And then the thing, the thing about it is, like, it's not to say that's impossible, but like, yo, we're not gonna let somebody that's not good enough compete. So the main yeah. key is you would have to be good enough to compete no matter who you are. So yeah. like if a trans if a transgender male can prove that they're good enough to compete with all the other men, then I think we start to really break barriers. But because I think right now we're dealing with a transgender woman who was formerly a man competing against women, it's an optic that is kind of hard to like take. Like I said, people are using their eyes first, you know what I mean? So it's like that optic is really hard to get past, I feel like. So we'll see if that is if that if that's able, ever able to happen. I don't know. Well, I mean, one thing we touched on before the show started was the um, and I didn't I didn't know about this. Uh, UNG was schooling me on it. Was the uh, the fight between the transgender uh, men and it was you know, or, transgender woman? It was yeah, it was a transgender woman against another woman. So you know that's a combat sport. You know that's about as as rough as it's gonna get. You know that's about as brutal as you're gonna get. They're literally 
fighting each other, you could potentially kill someone. And, and you know, people complain about that, male on male, female on female. So if we can, if they're going to start crossing over in sports like that, then I think it's only a matter of time. But like you said, um, it's going to be about the talent. It's going to be about are you are you good enough to actually compete? Because uh, that's what's going to trump everything else. Nah, facts. And there's never if there if it comes if it never comes a time where a trans man is able to compete with the men, then it makes this the Leah Thomas situation look even more unfair. But if that time comes where a trans man is just as good as the other men. Then it's like okay, maybe this all, maybe it all is the same. But back to that, that back to that uh, mixed martial arts match between the uh, trans woman versus the versus the other woman. It was it was rough to be honest. I mean, because the in my opinion, the trans woman had a lot worse technique. In my opinion, like her technique was horrible, and the woman was just jabbing her, giving her that work honestly. But the trans woman was able to just eat the punches. And eventually he was able to overpower, get her on the ground. And it was all she wrote. Uh, and it's like, I don't know if that had anything to do with her being, you know, a trans woman. I don't know. But it's, but it, the optic, once again, the optic didn't look that great. So it's just going to take time. I think Scruff and Rome, you guys both kind of hinted at we're in the beginning of this. And it's going to take time for this really to, uh, to, to show itself, to prove itself out. But right now, I feel like the optic is – it's a little hard for a lot of people to handle, especially traditionalists. Um, and uh, it may take some time for that optic to, uh, to kind of, to kind of get into people's brains and really, and really ease, uh, ease some of these concerns. But right now it's a lot, it's a lot for people to take. And I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure that it is fair or isn't fair. I really don't know right now. Yeah. It's fair. G, what you, what you think about this situation, G? Like I said, man, just split them up, man. So that way everybody has the right to their own records. That's why. I mean, that's why we don't have women compete with men. Yeah. Right? It's worse if men compete with women. It's just like when you, it's like when you just talked about the UFC fight. There's a thing called man strength. Like, you saw out of nowhere, it kicked in for the, for the transgender athlete, and it just destroyed that woman that just got pummeled and it's just like you just see like oh, there's a difference between women and man strength like a good kick up because of genetics and you can't play around with genetics to a certain point you can cut pirates and you know try changing it maneuver it you know but end of the day genetics come into play with some of this some of these points that's why you, certain things happen but like I said, just I get it. No one wants to be like, well, you want to get categorized for yourself, but at the end of the day, like, oh, so when do we say no to anything? Good point. I mean, like, so we're just gonna let anything slide. Yeah, like, that's why like that's why the transgender men that were formerly women do like, you don't hear them compete too much with men because of it because because they can't keep up with that with natural men's strength. I'm not gonna sit here and say that they're bad, but they just can't compete with a man. Nah, I mean you make a good you make a good point. I mean, cause like when you talk about genetics and body composition, like men have larger lungs than than women. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if like hormone replacement therapy is gonna it's not gonna shrink anybody's lung size. Is it? I don't know. I maybe I need to do more research on that. But that's something that you know the crowd that says it's not fair could easily use as an argument. You know, so it's like. There's so many different sides of the argument that I think it's going to be hard for those two sides to ever find a middle ground. 
and all that can be done as far as the sports go is try to, you know, make it as fair as possible and put as many, uh, you know, false fail safes as possible to make to, to have people comfortable with it. But the optic is going to take a long time for anybody to come around the optic. And I think the best thing that could happen is having a trans male prove they can compete with the men. Then it's like, okay, well, this goes both ways. It's not just, you know, trans women coming in dominating women. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think that's got to happen for for that object to kind of. Maybe in like track and field. Maybe, but like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe in like, I think it had to be like long distance probably. You know what I mean? Like I've actually yeah, read right. something that in like long distance swimming that men have, I mean, that women have fared better than men um, in, uh, in a lot of long distance swimming. So I don't know how that works or, you know, but I've heard that. There's also been like um, rifle shooting where women have fared better than men, uh, even to the point that they, they banned women from the Olympics years and years ago. I think this was in like the 40s, 1940s. They banned women from uh, being able to compete in skeet shooting because like a woman, it was around the war time and there was a woman who was like pretty much becoming a beast at it. And um, they ended up making, giving, you know, first banning women from it, then giving them a whole separate category where they shot less targets than the men, which makes no sense because it's just it's shooting. You know, it shouldn't be less targets for anybody. Yeah, but um, know that is. they don't want the women to learn how to use guns too much because then they're going to end up shooting us. Yeah. Or they just didn't want to feel like, you know, you know, inferior. But it's very it's, like to me. Yeah, that actually sounds like something that like I could actually see. Like that makes a lot of sense that I can see a woman being really good at that because like you know that's really like about precision more than anything. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know you never want your lady handling a bigger gun than yours, man. Whoa, whoa, there, whoa, there, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm gonna let you have that one, bro. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that, my boy. <laughs> Bro, I'm gonna go with yes. I'm gonna go with yeah. I don't know if that was a yes. Or no Watson, question. That's small time. That's small time. You made earlier. Speaking of that, you know, Kenny Pickett. That's why. That's why Kenny Pickett's third on my list. Because if you worried about your hands being small, then you just the wrong quarterback for me. Hey man, well I hope I hope we brought some sort of light to that conversation. I've been looking at a lot of these sports talk shows and the debate shows and they're afraid to touch this they're afraid to touch this uh this topic man but we sports for the culture you know we don't duck from any topics and uh you know we we, we give our opinions and i hope this i hope our opinions surprise some of you all out there because i think a lot of people have this opinion of you know our show sports for the culture and uh I think that you know the, how in depth we were just able to get with those with that opinion. It might surprise some folks. I hope it does. I hope it makes some people open their uh, their own perspectives and dig a little deeper into what uh, what could be in the future. So uh, another great show, fellas. Uh, we've been going for a minute. We had way too much time backstage today. We was having some great conversations. Like some of them backstage conversations, we got to figure out a way to make those uh, pay per view or something, man. Because people yeah. deserve to see it, but we That's can't show backstage. that backstage. Yeah, we can't show the backstage conversation for free, man. If y'all would pay a dollar a month for our backstage combos, we'll put it on the Patreon. Hit the comments if you want. <laughs> y'all, no, really, yo. If you would, if you would pay a dollar a month for any gas force for the culture content, man, like we'll we'll give y'all that real, that real raw, unfiltered, that 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 content that could get us canceled at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> but if it leaks, then we 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 gotta kill you. <laughs> But uh, hey, good work tonight, fellas. Once again, man, as always, a very captivating episode. 
Hope the folks out there enjoyed it. Y'all know we all can find us on all platforms, all social media platforms at Good Ass Sports. Make sure you download the Sports for the Culture app. My guy, Young Rome, got an article about Commander Carson on there right now. Go ahead and cop, go ahead and cop that app. Download the Good Ass Sports app. Just go to your app store and type Gas Sports Network. Give it a download. Check it out. You can find us everywhere that podcasts are listened to. And uh, on YouTube, just type in Gas Sports Network. Y'all know how we end each and every show, fellas. Sports for the culture. Sports for the culture. Sports for the culture.